They got big orange eyes that can barely focus. Some folks call them 17-year locusts, but that's the wrong data. Their name is Cicada, and they're here now, but they won't be here later. They got four wings, and they ain't supposed to fly. They just come out the ground, have sex, and die. But I can dig their rig. I like their style, because they may go quick, but they go with a smile. Check it out. Cicada Serenade, check it out. Cicada Serenade, there's cicadas on the sidewalk, cicadas on the ground. Space looks like a little tiny Jonestown. Now I wouldn't want nothing to go to waste, so I was wondering how a cicada might taste. Cicada, potato, sounds the same. Let them go to waste and be a crying shame. So I got a couple hundred of them, took them inside. I got a little ketchup and I ate a french fried. I ate each one without hesitation. The next thing you know, I was hallucinating, freaking out. Cicada serenade, freaking out. Cicada serenade, I was out of my mind My head was in a fog Next thing you know, I was as a dog My friends stopped over, they said, let's get high I said, no way, so they said, bye-bye Now, I don't need no lovely, no even no cocaine Cause I still got them cicadas buzzing round in my brain So eat your cicadas with every snacker They can also help you say no to crack Bugs, not drugs you are listening to Your Community Spirit on Your Community Radio. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. Cicada, cicada. <laughs> we are live and local and in your ear with climate news and virosocial talk because this is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit. Da, 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 da. Now that we've got you all hyped up, let's make you cry mm. with the climate news that's happening here. Um, this is a first tree song. You drove here, and I rode my bicycle here. Yeah. <laughs> you're but you're at least carpooling. Yeah, I'm carpooling with the deal. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, winning the low-carbon footprint for today. <laughs> um, well, I pledged to ride a whole bunch of miles in June for a child um, to raise money for a child uh, cancer. Oh, yeah. There and so I needed to... Um, get in shape <laughs> round is a shape yes but my legs needed to be a little stronger to move this round bowling ball down the street so um i've been riding my bike a little bit more so gop fails to kill methane rule in capitol hill defeat for oil and gas industry um i kind of pause there it's in a capitol hill defeat yeah so the oil and gas industry actually lost this time isn't that weird the Senate on Wednesday rejected a bid to overturn an Obama-era rule that limits climate-warming methane leaks from oil and gas operations on public lands. But the industry, along with its allies in Congress, says it will continue challenging the rule. Now, the surprise was 49 to 51 handed a defeat to the industry, which has pushed Congress to undo the rule under the Congressional Review Act, a little-used law that allows lawmakers to kill rules with the simple majority vote. 
The rule issued by the Department of Interior at the end of the Obama administration's limits venting and flaring of methane from natural gas and oil drilling operation, a restriction that officials estimated would prevent 180,000, wait for it, tons of methane from leaking into the atmosphere every year. Why do they call it leaking when they purposely, they purposely allow it? Yeah. You know. Methane, the main component of natural gas, has over 80 times the warming power of carbon dioxide over a 20-year period. Cutting methane emissions was a key element of Obama's plan for meeting the U.S. commitment under the Paris Climate Agreement, and many experts view methane cuts as an especially efficient way to reduce emissions in the short term. Proponents of the rule also point out that the methane that escapes during the flaring and venting process could power more than six million homes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're literally letting money flow away. Yeah. So I'm sure some of the people who voted for this voted to say, you are having a bad business practice. <laughs> yeah. Quit you're, wasting. You're being wasteful. Yeah. That's part of what gets me about this is it's not even like they're saying, oh, you need to be even more efficient in some of the other stuff you're doing. They're just saying don't actively vent and burn this natural gas. They don't call it venting and burning. They call it leaking. Leaking. Oops. <laughs> just like from now on when I lit a little toot, I'm like, sorry, I leaked. <laughs> Quote, the rule is so basic. All it's asking for is for oil and gas companies to capture their methane waste, which is now going up into the atmosphere as carbon pollution. And a really potent carbon pollution at that, and put it back into their pipes and potentially back into the market, said Lena Muffet, who directs the Sierra Club's Beyond Dirty Fuel campaign. Quote, it's just asking them to plug their leaks. It's really encouraging to see that when communities and constituents band together, they can defeat even the most well-funded foes, Muffet said referring to the lobbying pushed by the oil and gas industry they've been emboldened they have a friend in the white house but even with all that this victory shows that they can't get their way all the time now i want to say narrowly get their way all the time i mean it was 49 to 51 um and so i mean it was close but yes pollution equals waste and waste is money lost so just make your business more efficient i'm sorry that the government had to tell you to do that but yeah. that's the truth but now that they have i'm sure they'll survive it i mean literally they're throwing enough stuff you know they're they're leaking enough to power six million homes yeah if that's what they waste you know <laughs> well but they they failed in their effort to to get that be okay so here's another story Global Climate Talks open with tiny U.S. delegation. Hey, we're there. <laughs> we're there. At least we sent someone, you know. <laughs> Just like, it might be token, but... Can we get like a participation award, participation trophy for that? Uh, <laughs> a much-anticipated meeting of nearly 200 nations, well, much anticipated by the other countries that actually know it's happening. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> it's happening in Bonn, Germany, and began on Monday uh, to push forward global climate change action at a time when the United States is poised to do the opposite. From now until May 17th, climate delegates will try to thrash out the most formidable details. This sounds like, you know, fight it out to the deaths. 
climate delegates will try to thrash out the most formidable details involved in implementing the climate agreement that was signed in Paris how long ago? Many moons ago. I mean, like, literally, now they're trying to thrash it out? While the White House decides whether to quit the treaty or stay in and break the carbon-cutting promises of the Barack Obama administration. Quote, We are focusing on ensuring that decisions are not taken at these meetings that will prejudice our future policies, undermine the competitiveness of U.S. businesses, or hamper our broader objection to advancing U.S. economic growth and prosperity. An unnamed State Department official wrote in an email to Inside Climate News when asked about the U.S. role in Bonn. Yeah, so they're not focusing on actually helping with climate change. They're focusing on trying to get rich. <laughs> well, that... The UN's top climate official would not comment on the what-if scenarios, quote, I think we should really observe and wait until a decision has been made, said Patricia Espinoza, Executive Secretary of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. Others seem to be preparing for a U.S. exit, quote, We need to understand that this conversation about staying or not in Paris is a political decision. This is a ploy that will not and should not distract attention from what should be in the heart of why we are here, said Paula uh, Caballero, Global Director of the Climate Program at the Research and Advocacy Group World Resources Institute, said at a press conference on Monday. Quote, The bottom line is, the U.S. withdrawing from the Paris Climate Agreement would cause difficulties, but not insurmountable ones, Caballero said. Yeah, I mean, most people didn't expect the U.S. to do anything anyway, so... Yeah, it's it good that they're still going to try, even if the U.S. does pull out, but it's obviously a big deal if the U.S. leaves. It's like, um, we try to be the leaders, and sometimes, well, we fail. So why is this a big issue? Well, in case you haven't noticed, weather has been going a little wonky. Wonky, that's, I think, a scientific term for crazy. Thawing Alaska permafrost sends autumn CO2 emissions surging. Soaring temperatures in the Arctic have triggered a huge seasonal surge in carbon dioxide emissions from thawing permafrost and may be tipping the reason, region toward becoming a net source of heat-trapping greenhouse gases, a new study shows. Even into early winter, when the ground should have fro been frozen 40 years ago, when the ground would have been frozen 40 years ago, microbes in the permafrost are continue to release heat-trapping greenhouse gases. Carbon dioxide emissions are now outpacing the uptake of CO2 during the spring and winter, excuse me, spring and summer growing season. So basically during the growing season, the plants suck the CO2 out of the atmosphere. Yeah. And we're, we're basically putting more into the atmosphere than the plants can suck out. Yeah. It's kind of like lungs breathing in and breathing out, but uh, we're throwing off the balance of that breathing. The study's authors, researchers from Harvard, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and other institute, measured atmospheric CO2 in Alaska and found that emissions from October through December 
have increased by just a measly 73 percent yeah. since 1975, and that the increase correlates with rising summer temperatures. 73 percent, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic there. The findings suggest that global climate models are underestimating how much greenhouse gas pollution will be unleashed as the Arctic continues to warm at twice the global average rate, said lead author Rosine Coman of the Harvard School of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Yeah, now this is, I remember this feedback loop being one of the big feedback loops that climate scientists have been concerned about for years. They didn't know exactly how much this was going to happen, and now these findings indicate that it's more than they thought. So here's a... Dang uh, scientists always <laughs> telling us the truth. Yeah, they're telling us the truth. Well, that's why a lot of scientists... Um, I, I remember reading commentary by scientists who were uh, concerned about the fact that people saw uncertainty as a good thing. They said, oh, well, we don't know if it's going to be this bad, so it must be fine. That they were like, no, it's the opposite. If you don't know how bad it's going to be, then you have to consider at least the possibility of the worst-case scenario. Right. I mean, that's... I mean. When they do things, it's based on facts, and if there's not any facts, you have to default to worst-case scenario. Yeah, but that's responsible policy-making. <laughs> Some people do irresponsible policy. So here's, anyway, here's the quotes. Uh, it's consistent with the effects of a warming Arctic, she said. We're seeing very large emissions in the early winter. When I looked at the models used by the IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, none of them looked at the fall of aspiration. They didn't realize how important that is. It's like you only look at when you breathe in and out in the afternoon, but not in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the study was published on May 8th in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Wait, we're talking about stuff that just published four days ago? Man, we're on top of stuff. This yeah. is a good show. We're on the ball. And I um, noticed it's on the anniversary of the May 8th storm Is that when they published this Yeah, story. there you go. Our people, um, I think people like listening to us talk about things that are timely. Yeah. So we try. So another news. Uh, this one's fairly timely too. A new book on the climate crisis makes the persuasive case that we're not doomed. We're not doomed. We're not doomed. That's good to hear. Hopefully it's true. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I haven't read the book yet. So, okay, you, know. you still are in that doomed doomed, yeah. doomed mindset. <laughs> uh, draw down a new compendium of climate stabilization tools and solutions. Edited by the versatile Paul Hawken, has an impressive subtitle. It's the most comprehensive plan ever proposed to reverse global warming. <laughs> how, how, does, it's not how, can you, how can you live up to it? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I will save the whole world with a book. Yeah. <laughs> well, it isn't perfect, but it's, uh, it's only the first product of an ongoing project drawdown, which is a coalition of scientists, technologists, and policy experts offering climate solutions. Oh, that's now, good. I actually plan on reading this book, and then if I like it, if it's a good book, we can start talking about some of the points on the air. There you go. Then we I can mean, talk solutions, about solutions. Solutions you know? are great. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, what a lot of people in what they called the Calvary had issue with Al Gore. Yeah. He, you know, he, he wrote that book about, you know, and then the, the movie itself, and it was all about how the world's ending. Yeah. And they're like, please provide us some solutions. And he was like, well, everybody should come up with their own solutions because everybody has different ideas in heart. Yeah. And they were like, no, just please give us some hope. <laughs> yeah. So he wrote a book after that that had, you know, solutions, simple and complex. Yeah. So. <laughs> so this is another book in that vein. 
But it sounds like there's a team of scientists who are working on a successor to it. So why do they call it Drawdown? So, yeah, it says that they chose the term to replace the timid emissions reductions and the almost defeatist mitigation. Yeah, because mitigation is kind of assuming we have all this damage that's going to happen and we try to mitigate it and make it a little bit less. So he's talking about drawing down the greenhouse gas emissions and drawing them down to zero by 2050 with these solutions. Nice. Does this sound an impossible task? If you answer or even, you know, like Tree Song, privately mutter, yes, that you... That. Not too private. Yeah, well, I'm on it on the radio. It's not too private. <laughs> you're, you're not alone. But Hawking does not agree, and he's gathered an impressive stable of allies to help him make his case. Stabilizing the climate system would require an heroic global effort. But wait a second. We've done that before. Where we eliminated, what was it, CFCs? When we had the ozone... Layer, you know, yeah. holes in the ozone layer. We did this when we, I guess, you know, did the world wars. I mean, that was a major thing where we stopped what was considered a, you know, major issue in people all over the world. Yeah. So we can cooperate when we put our minds to it. It's it's just whether do we want to admit that there's this big problem and we're causing it. That's the hard thing. Yeah. It's how do you admit that? And once you admit that, then you can start doing solutions. But step one of the 12-step program is you have to admit you have a problem, right? Yeah. So that's the number one of the 12-step Oil Addicts Anonymous. Yep. Yes, that is an actual 12-step program. Oiladictsanonymous.org. Yeah. So their solutions run the gamut from rooftop solar to educating girls from conservation, agriculture, to refrigerant management. So they get into a lot of nitty-gritty details. And most of these are no-regret solutions, which means good things that you would do anyway. You know, you don't even need the climate crisis to do them, but it helps resolve the climate crisis. But they also list a few of the regret solutions, like they do d discuss nuclear, which they consider a regretful solution that some people are proposing. So it... And then they do have some they call coming attractions, potential solutions that just aren't ready for prime time yet. Yeah. You know. 80 of them are ones that have been really researched and 20 are like on the horizon. I mean, an example is, you know, family planning, making it so people can't have kids, right? Mm -hmm. That's is taking as a human right that is inappropriate to monetize. Yeah. So that one, they don't review the price, uh, you know, cost analysis because they say people should just have this right. <laughs> Uh, so, one of the, you know one of the good thing is that it has all these solutions, and it also, uh, despite its nature as a catalog of ways and means, it strains against the technological reductionism extremely common in the climate movement, in which green technologies, more or less on their own, are seen as our salvation. So they're trying to say that it's not just about the technologies; it's also about a social justice approach where you try to create a regener regenerative economy that is good for everyone. So basically not just saying keep doing what you're doing and expect a magical potion to come in and fix everything. Yeah. So, you know, electric cars or solar, you know, just, you know, keep living your lifestyle now, but, you know, put in, use electric car and use solar. Um, they're talking about we have to have a shift of mentality also. Yeah. It's got to be a whole mentality where you're living in a ecologically just, environmental justice, social justice reality. 
That's also one of the things that this review list is a drawback to, is that it, it, you know, it emphasizes these hundred solutions, but that it's, um, let's see, it says that it illuminates the techno-economic path forward and insists that social justice is a prime concern, but on the second front it offers almost nothing that is concrete, specific, and believable. So they basically say it as a value, like, well, we should have justice in the world, and here are these solutions. <laughs> but they don't talk about things like uh, democratic planning, decision-making in order to pursue these goals. They basically say, here are a bunch of solutions that would work if they happen. Now you figure out how to make them happen. <laughs> Which is still one step further than just talking about the problem, but uh, I do think that it's important to talk about environmental justice, climate justice, and the details of that. And it makes no mention of the overarching challenge of ensuring a just transition, one in which those whose lives will be disrupted by the climate transition are somehow made whole or at least whole enough. Um, think coal miners, yeah. but also think of all the communities and even countries that are dependent on the fossil fuel economy. So it talks of net costs, but does not talk about the winners and losers, as if any acceptable pricing system would gloss over the challenge of today's obscene level of inequality. So, I mean, it's it's a book of here's solutions, figure it out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. You yeah. know. Which but, has, you know, to me it has, it sounds like it has benefits as a resource. Like if I'm looking for 100 climate solutions, I can look at this book and get ideas. But then actually... That should be the name of it. I mean, <laughs> we had like... There was those little pamphlets, like you know, fifty things to do. Yeah, to save fifty the things earth. to save the earth. Yeah, it sounds so, like one of those, like a more hundred solutions to, you know, eliminate carbon. Yeah, <laughs> but then actually ensuring that these solutions are applied in a strategic way and a just way, that will be on us. Yep. So, it's not letting us off the hook. It's basically saying it is still on us, but here are some solutions. 80 carefully chosen solutions and 20 more coming attractions. And so there's no mention of cap and divided systems or energy subsidy reform or the international finance and technological systems that will be necessary if the climate agreement is to deliver or a fair trade or of class, but it has solutions. Again, 80 carefully chosen solutions and this is a group of people came together and said, here are the things that need to be done. Each has been studied, modeled, and when made possible and proper, priced. So, again, the book is called Drawdown. A new book on the climate crisis makes the pervasive case that we're not doomed. I like that. Just, I mean, people definitely do not tend to listen when um, you're just being bad, bad-mouthed, bad isn't the right word. Yeah, well, negative, I Negative, guess. yeah. So, I mean, I you, mean it's you have to have hope. Yeah, it's important to clearly state what the problem is, but then it's also important to clearly state that there are solutions. Otherwise, you just get depressed. It's like... Um, so, speaking of solutions, we should get into some of these community happenings and events. Uh, well, holidays first. Well, today is Child Care Provider Day or Daycare Provider Day. <laughs> so, but I don't think we have enough time to flip through all these. We're getting to the end. Yeah. Um, Sunday is Dance Like a Chicken Day, so I have to mention that. That's like every day 
Have you ever seen a chicken dance? <laughs> I have not ever seen a chicken dance, but I've seen people <laughs> dance like chickens. Yeah. So I don't know how that works. <laughs> uh, and Sunday is also Mother's Day. Tuesday is Love a Tree Day and Wear Purple for Peace Day. And Thursday is No Dirty Dishes Day and Visit Your Relatives Day. So I wonder if you visit your relatives to wash their dishes or let them know you're coming so they wash <laughs> the dishes before you get there. Yeah. Depends so. on how, how kind your relatives are, if they're going to help you. <laughs> All right, so happenings. I want to mention two that are not on the list, so I don't forget them. Uh, one is that the we mentioned the free cycle, and that was scheduled to end today, but they're going to continue it for one more week over at Guy House. That's free cycle, uh, three to eight. Uh, let me... Confirm the days on that. <laughs> free cycle uh, is... Yeah, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 3 to 8 next week. And free cycle is basically um, people have stuff they don't need and other people pick it up. Yeah. It's basically one man's trash is another man's treasure. So, And I will not be going there because every time I go there, I pick up stuff. <laughs> and I, yeah. I'm just like... There's always great stuff there, and I'm just like, uh -huh. Yeah, and my personal like, goal is always to give more than I get, just so I can declutter and be yeah. generous, you know. And usually it works. I mean, sometimes you find some really cool stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you <laughs> can just bring stuff and trade it, so that's usually what I do. So yeah. I, do have, I do have a little pile of stuff that I want to give. So, yeah, I might make it. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Um, the other quick one was that the, the food pantry that's at the uh, University Baptist Church they're, they're open 8.30 to 1, and they're looking for uh, gr plastic grocery bags right now that they can use. Uh, because if they don't have them donated, they have to go out and buy them, and they would rather use donated ones. Of course. If you have clean ones that are available, you know, reusable. So you, stop, you can stop by during the pantry's hours from 8.30 to 11 on Monday or Friday. Now, May is National Bike Month. To celebrate, the city of Carbondale is teaming up to host a variety of events. The goal is to promote the many benefits of bicycling throughout the community. If you would like a complete list of all the stuff, please email us, info at your community spirit. May 15th to 19th is National Bike to Work Week. Um, I better remember to do that sometime mm -hmm. next week. May 16th is Bike Fix-It Station Demo at uh, Carbondale Community High School. May 26th is, of course, the fourth Friday Fair, 6 to 9 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion, and that will be a bike rodeo. All right, so we also have coming up, uh, I mentioned Free Cycle already. It's, it's continuing next week, 3 to 8. Where unwanted stuff finds a new home. All right, and also coming up, the Safe Skillshare Research Incorporations. That's coming up on Saturday from 3 to 6 p.m. over at the Douglas School Art Place, 900 Douglas Street in Murfreesboro. It's a condensed version of the week-long Greenpeace Training for Research Corporations. They'll cover basic security culture, how to map out strategy for corporation research, uh, all, all sorts of good stuff in there. Um, if you, they ask you to register and they have more information on the Facebook event, you can. it's uh, Southern Illinoisans Against Fracturing Our Environment. That's what SAFE stands for. And this is, you know, it's, we often know that there are corporations out there that are doing things that we don't like, but to actually prove it and, you know, help stop it, you have to learn how to research corporations. So that's a good training. 
continuing the conversation every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of Southern Illinois residents meets on Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. for continuing the conversation in the Newman Center at 715 South Washington Street in Carbondale. The purpose over the past year as the Race Unity Group has evolved from discussion to action to bring together an interracial community listening respectfully to each other's life stories with weekly meetings they saw strangers become like-minded comrades in arms and built the community that has strengthened our understanding and compassion for each other and if you would like your happenings to happen please email them to us info at yourcommunityspirit.org and we'll announce them on the radio next happening Transpoetic Playground Tuesday, May 16th at 8.30pm at the Gaia House Transpoetic Playground meets every first and third Tuesday at 8.30pm at Gaia House Poetry Dramatic spoken word and a very open creative environment Present a piece or just listen for more information, see the Facebook group, The Transpoetic Playground. Yeah, and I often perform climate-related poetry at that, so if you want to hear some of that, that's uh, coming up on Tuesday at 8.30 at Guy House. And if you only heard part of our show, of course, it is archived at WDBX.org and also on our radio station website, yourcommunityspirit.org. We will see you again on the radio next week. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song.